uh, we don't have any snow, so uh, we're glad for that. I'm going to talk about something today. We're, we've been doing this series on be, be Real because fake is exhausting. How many kind of get that? You understand that being fake is exhausting. You ever tried to fake? Fake is really exhausting. And we've been talking about real people. We've talked about real churches. Last week, my wife spoke about real disciples. By the way, did Melanie do a great job last week? Great job, Mel. But we talked about, we're going to talk about a subject today that um, is, is a subject that is, is prayer. And uh, on the subject of prayer, how um, I many know that we can get all guilt-ridden when it comes to this issue of prayer? You know, I don't know about you, but when somebody just mentions the word prayer, I just almost like immediately go into kind of a guilt thing because I just bring up, brings up images to me of people who pray all the time, people who, um, uh, you know, I think of Mother Teresa, um, I think of all kinds of things. But what if we could live a guilt-free prayer life without having to become a monk? How would you like to know about what prayer might look like in the real world? Not where you have to go out into the desert and, uh, you know, give up all of your worldly possessions and devote your life solely to prayer or become a religious freak. I think Jesus was getting at what a real prayer life looks like in Matthew chapter 6, which I'm going to read from the message, and I believe that the words are up here on the screen. And it says this, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with. He knows better than you do what you need. I almost hear Jesus saying, Chill. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiving, forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're God. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Don't you like the, the, the message version of the Lord's Prayer there? God, you can do anything you want. You're a blazing beauty. Yes, yes, yes. So I've been thinking about this issue, what is prayer, and I read from a great theologian one time who put it this way. His name is Noah Nordstrom. He said that prayer uh, is this, spending time, that should be the next screen, I believe. Prayer is spending time with God. That's too simple, isn't it? What is prayer? Prayer is not necessarily talking. That's part of what prayer is, but Prayer is simply spending time with God. Prayer doesn't, you know, you know, have you ever been around people that when they go into their prayer, they go like into like a King James 
speech. Holy God, you know, or, or, or like a, a, an accent, you know. Thou art so merciful to us. You, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there, there's, there's like a, a thing that happens when people go into prayer and that they just start talking funny and freaky. And I, I, was, um, I was really, really made aware of this when I met Darren Fink for the first time. Uh, by the way, Darren and Margie, would you stand up? I'm going to take a little side here. Stand up. I've forgotten to do this for like six weeks straight now. Darren, Darren uh, came all the way from Illinois to join us, and he works for Paul, uh, Paul Cowell at Whitestone, and he works another job, and he was working a day a week for us. But uh, he couldn't do three jobs all the time, and so uh, he gave up the job that paid the least, which was us. Uh, and uh, so, but he still works for us. He just doesn't get paid anymore. He, he's a, he's a, he's a volunteer like everybody else. But uh, we wanted to thank him. We're going to actually send he and his wife to Asheville when they can uh, get away, and we're going to send them to the Biltmore and let them have a good time. But I just want to publicly thank Darren for all of the service that he did for us, getting us up and running. So thanks, guys. You may be seated. But when I met Darren and Margie, Darren was a Darren was a um, uh, a campus guy. He was a, he was in charge of a campus ministry down or, or on a team of a campus ministry at Southern Illinois University, and they came to our church in Illinois, and we were meeting in a gymnasium. And when Darren came in, he was just too cool. I thought, "There's no way he's going to land in our church. I'm not that cool. He's cool. I'm not. He's not going to make it here." But uh, anyway, he stayed, and I've kind of learned over time he was as uncool as I am, and he actually made the transition very well. But the first time I ever asked him to pray publicly, he started his prayer. I'll never forget it because he kept doing it every time we'd have him pray. He starts his prayers like this. Hey, God. Hey, God. What's, what's that? And Darren wasn't being, he wasn't being, he wasn't being inauthentic. That's the way, when you know, when you get to know Darren, that's the way Darren talks to everybody. Hey, what's going on? And so when he talked to God, he, would, he didn't say, Our Father. He said, Hey, God. And I thought, That's pretty neat. And, you know, when I, was, I was a part of a church um, in, in Missouri that uh, was half African-American, half white, and our choir was more African-American than white. I was the white guy in the African-American choir. It was awesome. And we had a song that went like this. When you want... To talk to Jesus, very simply do it, very simply do it. You don't have to worry about special words or phrases for he understands and knows your thoughts between oh yeah it was awesome i loved i loved being in that choir but i loved that song when you want to talk to jesus very simply do it you don't have to worry about Special words or phrases, for he understands and knows your thoughts between. You remember that we're unpacking a sentence in this whole series, and the sentence is this. 
real people doing real ministry, praying real prayers to a real God. Now how much time then should we spend in prayer? If you remember, we've been using a scripture for this, for this series from Mark 12, uh, where Jesus says, watch out for the religious scholars. They love to walk around in academic gowns, etc., etc. But then you get to the end of that phrase, and it says, the longer their prayers, the worse they get. The longer their prayers, the worse they get. Now, i got to admit that this subject's a little confusing to me, because I've always, I've always kind of connotated long prayer with spirituality. That with prayer, you know, that the longer you pray, the more impressive it is, and and the more you know, the more the more spirituality you have. And you know, I I read a quote by Martin Luther one time who said, "I am so busy today that I'm going to have to pray three hours." You know, and you just kind of get almost that beating your chest thing about you. You know that that the more you pray, the more the more holy you are. But, but, you know, then we have the Scripture here that says the longer these Pharisees pray, the worse they get. But you have to balance that out because then the Apostle Paul comes along and he says this in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 Rejoice always, pray continually. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So this is sort of the dilemma that I'm going to do uh, work, deal with today. How can we pray continually and not be like these Pharisees who, who base our spirituality off of how long we pray? Now, now I admitted to you right up front that I, I'm under a load of guilt whenever I talk about prayer because, frankly... I don't think of myself as one of those guys that can pray very comfortably for an hour and two hours and three hours at a time. It's not, it seems to come natural to some people. That doesn't come natural to me. I remember in church history studying a guy in the early uh, centuries by the name of Simeon the Stylite. This guy was such a prayer dude that he, he uh, went to get away from everyone and lived in a cave and prayed, but everybody came out to his cave, and he didn't want to be around people. He just wanted to be with God. So finally he built, a, he built a pillar, and he sat on a pillar. And he sat on a pillar. His first pillar was between like 10, about 10 feet tall, and the last pillar he was on was like 50 feet high. So at the end of his prayer career, he was like 50 feet high in the sky on a pillar, praying all the time, and people would hand food up to him while he was up there praying. Now, this guy was on the pillar for 47 years. He was on the pillar devoting himself to prayer for 47 years. I would read about guys like that, and then I'd read about Martin Luther. And my brother Paul, uh, he, he went to a church in Louisiana that since the 1970s has been praying around the clock. They pray 24, I think that's commendable, they pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the people in their church, when they sign up for their prayer times, they generally sign up for a three-hour prayer shift. Come on. I'm not worthy. You know, and then, and then they got a church called IHOP, not the International House of Pancakes, it's the International House of Prayer. There's a church called IHOP, man, that all they do is pray. This church... 
it's just a, an auditorium you can walk into 24-7 a day. They've got praise and worship music going 24-7. People come from all over the country to go to this place and pray, and it's all wonderful and commendable, but I beat myself up for years about all this stuff. And, and then Larry Lee wrote this book that was, uh, he was talking, he took that scripture where the disciples fell asleep on Jesus. I can relate to that. The disciples fall asleep on Jesus while he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so he wrote a book, Could You Not Pray With Me For One Hour? And he started a 6 o'clock prayer meeting in Dallas, Texas. And uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning, so many people were coming to pray in Dallas that they created a traffic jam on the interstate in Dallas, Texas, because people were getting up in the morning and praying at 6 o'clock in the morning. I went to a conference one time with Melanie where this, this godly man was preaching, and he said, we're at this conference, but I'm going to be back here in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Whoever will come with me, come back here at 6 o'clock in the morning for prayer. And I came that morning for prayer, and then we, we were to take a commitment that when we go home, we were going to pray at 6 o'clock every morning. And I made that commitment, and I remember coming back home, and I, I think it was the first day I got up to pray at 6 o'clock. We had a spare bedroom. And my wife came in that spare bedroom after a while, and she found me with my head on that bed, snoring, with spit coming out the side of my mouth. Just had just fallen asleep at six o'clock in the morning, trying to pray for an hour. So I'm confessing to you this morning. This has not been my. I have not been exemplary, but I, I just. I've been thinking more and more about this, and there's, there, there's something that I want to share with you this morning that I think could revolutionize your life when it comes to prayer. Because when I think about it, though I am not the guy that tends to pray for one and two and three hours at a time a day, I believe that my entire day is sprinkled with prayer. The Apostle Paul said, Pray continually. And then I got to thinking about my relationship with my wife. What if I spent two hours in the morning with Melanie and then just left her for the next 22 hours? But I talked about my two hours with Melanie that I spent. Or what if I said I'm going to spend one hour a day with Melanie and spend that hour with Melanie and just forget her? You know what I think we do as Christians? I think we break up our day into secular and sacred portions. I'm going to my secular job, and then on Sunday I'm going to go to the sacred church. Do you know that in the kingdom of God that there is to be no distinguishing between the sacred and the secular, that everything that we do is to be done to the glory of God? So that if I'm a construction worker or a teacher or if I'm a mechanic or whatever it is that I do, whatever it is that I do is done to the glory of God. If I'm a soldier, I'm doing that to the glory of God. That there's not to be a a dichotomy between the sacred and the secular. So I'm thinking about the single mom. How does the single mom who doesn't have time to spend an hour away from her child when she, when she wakes up in the morning and her child is crying for her and she feeds that child and then she's got to go to daycare and drop her child off and then she's got to go to work and then she's got to come home and take care of that baby and then she's got to uh, just try to find a little breathing space before dropping into bed at night. What about that single mom? What about ordinary people? What is their prayer life like? I want to teach you today how I believe that we can have a prayer life 
that is sprinkled all throughout the day in prayer. When I really think about my relationship with my wife, what happens is we greet each other in the morning. And then if I look at my text messages, we text back and forth all throughout the day. That's usually sprinkled with a couple phone calls. And then often time we'll eat together. And then in the evening we'll spend some time together and then we'll go to bed together. We're together. In essence, my whole day is in communion, is in relationship, is, is even when I'm working on whatever, I'm still in connection and in relationship with my wife. How many know that we don't leave Jesus at home when we go to work? Amen. So I'm going to just give you real quick, if you're taking notes today, these are real quick. These are ten quick things that you can do, very practical, to infuse your day with prayer. Number one, start each day with prayer. In the morning, you're going to say one of two things. You're going to say, good morning, Lord, or you're going to say, good Lord, it's morning. May I suggest to you, just getting up in the morning, and the first thing you do, it doesn't have to be, I would suggest maybe the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. By the way, um, Matthew, come on up here. You gotta, you gotta, come on up here. Yeah. Let's give Matthew a hand. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you very much. Matthew's gonna time me. Because I'm a spiritual man, I'm going to pray this very slowly. I'm going to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. Tell me when to go, and I want you to tell me how long it takes. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How long? 30 30 seconds? I only get 30 seconds credit for that? Did did you catch that? If you pray the Lord... Yeah, I want my watch back. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. You may be seated. Saying it real slow. Saying it real slow, it took me 30 seconds to say good morning, Lord. I would just suggest that in the morning, you don't have to spend an hour in the morning, but just in the morning, acknowledge God. Acknowledge that He's the the Lord of your life. Often we do that early morning prayer on the way to school. When I'm taking Noah to school, we take turns. He prays Ivor. We did it on the way to church this morning. We pray uh, to start our day that way. The second thing I'm going to encourage you to do is to listen to worship music. For some of you, this, this may like be obvious stuff, but for some of you, this is new. Do you know that there are radio stations that are dedicated to nothing but infusing you with the kind of music that we heard this morning where you can... You know, when my wife and I are together, we don't talk the whole time we're in the car. Sometimes we listen to music together. Sometimes we we, uh, listen to a book together. We just spend time together. So if you want to spend some time together with the Lord in your travel time, listen to some worship music. Can I suggest in Knoxville, 88.3 K-Love, 89.1 Air One. And, and, and I'm gonna, you guys are going to think I'm weird when I tell you this, but we've, we, have a, we have a thing in our family, and I'm not saying I'm not preaching this. I'm not saying this is what you should do because I'm not against 
quote-unquote secular music or whatever, but in our house, we only listen to Christian music. That's all we listen to in our house. Now, I'm aware of some non-Christian music. I live in the world. We watch TV, and I, I hear songs like the happy song. Come along if you feel like happiness is the truth. You know, I know some, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like away from the culture. I'm just saying, we just, why do we do that? Because we're programming, we're programming our minds. Now, you say, man, that's a little radical, Phil. What, what are you talking about with that? Well, here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, be excellent at what is good and be innocent of evil. What, what goes in the computer is what comes out of the computer. And so the music that I listen to, I'm programming my brain with. Now, if you want to memorize that scripture, you can do this. Carrick, you're going to like this. this is, I learned this as, as a rap, okay? A Romans a 16 and 19 says, a Romans 16 and 19 says, be excellent at what is good, be innocent of evil. Be excellent at what is good, be innocent of evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Uh huh. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what, what Paul's saying is being an expert, being an expert at, 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 at what's godly. You know, you know that's the, that's, that should be the genre you really understand. You know, I am kind of stupid when it comes to watching the pop music awards. I'll watch those awards and I'm like, uh, who's Jay-Z? I don't, you know, I know J.C., I don't know Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, man? You know, all right. It'll hit you later. All right. Okay, so, so listen to worship music. Another thing is you might want to listen to great teaching uh, podcasts or broadcasts. There, there are stations that are, that are dedicated to great teach, or, or you can listen to podcasts on the radio. I listen to a guy from Elevation Church named Stephen Furtick. He just, he just pumps me up when I listen to his podcast. Andy Stanley from North Point Church in Atlanta's great. I love listening to T.D. Jakes. I mean, he, he, he gets me fired up. So when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm spending time with God. I get to count that. It's prayer. And then I'm going to say this. Some of you have never thought of doing this. Pray before every meal. Some of you eat so often, this would really boost your prayer life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just take a moment and say, thank God for this food. It doesn't have to be, you know... uh, I've been and I've been in out to eat, you know, when someone has to show how spiritual they are by praying for every missionary and everything, you know. And I remember when we were kids, we were a little embarrassed by this praying before our food. We'd say, we'd like a booth in the back. My dad's going to pray before we eat, you know. No, but, you, you know, it doesn't have to be attention-seeking and all that. But just take a moment. Thank God for this food. He provided it. And then I'm going to say this. Pray for needs at the moment you become aware of them. This is important to me. Pray for needs at the moment you become aware of, of them. That, that means that somebody calls me and says, you know, hey, so-and-so sick. And then, then what do we write on, on Facebook? Praying. You know. And I'm just wondering, are we really? Maybe we are. But what I'm going to suggest to you today is just when, when you become aware of the need, pray for it then. So, Susan Dalton calls the other day, and she says, hey, I'm going to be gone Sunday. My mother's been put on hospice. I'm going to be going back to spend time with her. And, and, and my temptation is to say, well, I'll pray for you, and never do. But instead, what I said was, hey, Susan, can I just pray for you right now? 
And so we just did it right then. And, and I think that's an important, powerful principle to learn. Just that when you become aware of a need, pray for it then. Is that okay? Okay, uh, the next thing that I want to say is just thank God for everything. Thank God for everything. The Bible says that everything give thanks. So, so throughout the day, I'm just frequently, and I'm sure you do this too, Judy, just frequently, just, just thank you, Jesus. Just, just thank you, Jesus. You know, oh, wow. Noah had all F's last semester, and he raised them to D's. Thank you, Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you. You know, it's, it's all incremental, right, Noah? No, just kidding. He's, he's doing great. He, he makes C minuses. He's doing good. Just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. But just, just, thank God for, just thank God for all the little stuff. You know, I saw on Facebook that your kids got awards. That your kids got awards in, in, in school, Crystal. Proud of them. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Just, just thank Jesus for all the good stuff. Man, I woke up next to a beautiful woman this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Whew. Amen. All right. The next thing I'm going to say is have a daily systematic Bible reading plan. Reading your Bible counts as prayer. You're spending time with God. I am a huge fan of, if you've got a smartphone, of this app called the Version. It's free. That's one reason I'm a big fan. But it's, it's, an outstanding, it's an outstanding phone app that's got multiple versions of the Bible, and it's got multiple daily reading plans. I'm reading the one-year Bible. And so what the one-year Bible does is it gives me a little Old Testament, it gives me some New Testament, it gives me a psalm, and it gives me a proverb. And... It's about 12 minutes a day, about 12 minutes a day. And if, and if I'm not even a good reader or I want to do it while I'm traveling or whatever, on that app, I can listen to it. I don't even have to read it. I can actually listen to it. Often while I jog is the time that I listen to my Bible reading. And so uh, it, it's a wonderful way to spend time with God. I'm in Samuel right now in, a, in the Old Testament. I'm in the Gospel of John. I'm studying David and Goliath right now, listening to that. And John, I'm listening to Jesus teach. Today's reading was about him saying, I am the door to the sheep gate. No one gets in but by me. And it's wonderful. Now there's some, there's some sections of the Old Testament that are going to get wearisome. Thank God you got a psalm in there. You know what I'm saying? Every day, even if, even if you're going through like the law and all of those kind of things that they're doing, uh, there's always something in that method of, of uh, spending time with God. And then um, uh, the next thing I would share with you is end each day in prayer. I do these things called sentence prayers. A sentence prayer, I think the Catholics would call it like a mantra or whatever, but I just call it a sentence prayer. I just pray these little sentences, and one that I learned from a Catholic nun friend of mine was this. It's called the Jesus Prayer. It's been prayed by millions of people all throughout the world. It goes like this. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And a lot of times, you know, I don't take Ambien to go to sleep. A lot of times I quote that little prayer to go to sleep. Because I get both Jesus and the devil working together at the same time to help me sleep. Because Jesus is giving me sleep because the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. The devil's giving me sleep because he doesn't want me praying. That's the one time I get Jesus and the devil working together, right? When I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm saying these little sentence prayers before I go to sleep. So, uh, but you know, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I'll just, I was... 
I was up early this morning just praying that prayer. I, I was praying at 4 o'clock this morning. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm going to be facing this audience at Life Church today, and I'm afraid of speaking as the number two fear other than dying. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, there's the, the, you say those prayers. And then somebody else said, well, you know, that can be kind of a negative prayer. And sometimes if I focus on that prayer too much, it just makes me focus on how rotten and unworthy I am. And somebody said, why don't you try this as a sentence prayer? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. So if I start getting feeling too cruddy from praying just the Jesus prayer, remember, then I just, then I just remind myself of how much he loves me. And, and I just say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. It's a great way to go to sleep, to, 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 to say those kind of prayers as you're going to sleep. You're programming yourself. And then the, I would say pray proven prayers. Um, there was a book that came out uh, uh, some, a few years ago called The Prayer of Jabez. It's a prayer in First Chronicles 4.10 that Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. And, and there's four parts of this prayer. Oh, that you would bless me. Lord, bless me today. Enlarge my territory. I pray this prayer over Life Church. Lord, enlarge our territory. You can pray that over your business. Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, bless me. Lord, enlarge my territory. And then it says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And the Bible says, and God granted his request. We know that that's a request that was answered. So that's a prayer that I pray from 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Another prayer that we know is a proven prayer is, Lord, save me. The Lord, that's a prayer that God can't resist because salvation is free. If you just ask him to save you, he'll save you. Lord, save me. And, and the, last, the last little tip that I want to give you on spending your sprinkling your whole day. Is this helpful to you? Is there anybody else like me? Let me know that I'm not alone. Are you guys like praying four hours a day and I'm the only guy out here that living a normal life? You know, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to help real people out here. You know what I mean? I'm trying to help people that like work and stuff, you know, that have jobs and families and things like that. And how do you, how do you get Jesus into all of life? And so the last thing that I want to say is let God, this is, this is huge, let God speak to you. Amen. Did you know that God still speaks? Let God speak to you. How, how does God speak? One of the ways that he speaks to us is through Scripture. In that, day, in that daily Bible reading that you're going to do, and you, you know, if you listen to the Word, God's going to speak to you. Man, I remember one time the word came off the page from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God's got plans for you. So he speaks to us through Scripture. But you know... As you get sort of good at spending time with Jesus and, you're, and you, you get in this relationship thing, you'll find that God will speak to you through symbols. Through symbols. 
like he even tells us, like whenever, every time you see a rainbow, every time you see a rainbow, remember that I'm never going to destroy the earth by water again. That when you see the rainbow, it's a, it's a sign of hope. I was, uh, I was out at Whitestone uh, a couple of years ago, and I was contemplating about whether I should come to Knoxville. You guys had invited me to come speak. I was doing just fine uh, in Illinois. And so I was just spending some time with God. And, and if you've ever been to Whitestone, Paul has this path that you can walk down to to uh, these cattle that are called um, hi, uh, Scottish Highland cattle. And if you've ever seen a Scottish Highland cattle, they don't just have horns. they got like curly horns. and They're like, I put a picture of them on Facebook the other day. I said, these cows are edgy. One of them had a nose ring and they had curly horns. You know, they were just very unique looking cows. And there was a sign on there, Joe, that said, ring the bell and these cows will come so that you can feed them. There was this food and you put the food in the bin, you ring the bell and the cows would come. I was all by myself spending time with God. I could see the cows at the other end of the pasture. I saw the bell. I saw the food. I put the food in the bin. I rang the bell. Ding, 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 ding. The cows just looked at me. I rang it more. Ding, 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 ding. Those cows just looked at me. They just they just wouldn't come. Now you're going to think I'm weird for saying this, but I felt the Lord speaking to me. He was saying to me, you're in Murfreesboro, Illinois right now, and you've been ringing the bell for a long time, and the cow's been coming, but, you know, it's time for someone else to start ringing the bell. (laughs) It's kind of weird, isn't it? And uh, my wife can verify that I said, you know, I I had that conversation with Millie. I said, Paul Cow's got the sign out there. He says, ring the bell. The cows will come. They didn't come. I was at Whitestone last week, Darren. I rang the bell. The cows came. Oh, they... <laughs> Maybe that's weird to all you guys, but to me that was significant. It was just a little saying to me, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm not calling you cows, by the way. Just, just to clarify. This is only symbolic. God speaks through symbols and then and then God will speak God will speak through the still small voice one time I was working as a hospital chaplain and I wanted to pastor so bad I felt a call in my heart to pastor and I went up to the altar during the altar call time and we had a, a woman elder in our church that laid hands and prayed for me and I said I just want you to pray for me I just feel the call to pastor and I don't know where to go and I just I just need you to pray for me that God will just open up a door and show me where I can pastor. And I was heartbroken. I was serious. I was sincere. And this woman just got very quiet. She said, I know that you want to pray that God will open up a door for you to pastor. But the Lord just told me to tell you to not pray for that, but just to pray that he would be Given God, has God ever given you what you needed and not what you wanted? 
That woman cut right down. She cut right down to the quick of my soul. And what I needed was not a job. I needed to let Jesus be my source. I melted like putty that day. I just recommitted my life to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, if I'm the rest of my life working as a chaplain here in this hospital, I'll do it gladly because just having you in my life is enough. But there's a little secret about God. He's never just enough. He's more than enough. He gave me not only what I needed, but it wasn't just a month or two after that that God opened the door for me to go to Illinois and I pastored there for 19 years. God still speaks today. As we end this service today, I want us to, I'm going to ask the rest of the praise team to come if they would. We're going to sing this song that we learned today, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And I'm just going to be real with you today. One of the reasons that we moved the offering away from the end today is I just really wanted this time for God to be able to speak to us. Because there's some people here today that you didn't just come to church because it was Sunday morning. You came to church this morning because there was a real need in your life. nothing to offer him, our only defense, our only our righteousness is God, how I need you. So I'm going to invite us all to stand if we would right now. If you wouldn't mind, just bow your heads for a moment. And I'm going to say, is there anybody here today that would just say, I just want to pray that prayer today. God, save me. I just came here this morning because I need Jesus in my life. If that's you today, would you raise your hand in this building that I need the Lord. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Let's just bow our heads right now. I'm going to lead us in a prayer right now. I'm going to invite all of us, if you would, just to pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, 